You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. All right, time for some warnings. If you don't like cursing or if you've got kids around, you might want to skip this one. If you don't like left-wing political comedy you might want to skip this one, too. If you're sick of hearing about Trump and Russia, then congratulations, you're alive and breathing. So don't skip this on account of that, or there'll be no one left. I've got a different kind of show for you this week. Regular listeners may remember the episode where I ranted live and on stage about Bitcoin back in February at the Paper Machete. Well, this is another one of those. The Paper Machete is a weekly live magazine where comics, musicians, writers, and performers from around the country take on the events of the week, and I was there to talk about Trump and Russia. And the groans that went out at the mere suggestion of having to hear more about Trump and Russia probably echo how you're feeling, too. But stick around, because I put just enough of our typical screwy history into the piece that, if you like the show regularly, you'll probably like this one, too. Thanks. Here we go. This week's episode, The Ox and the Shark. news on Russia, specifically the scandals therein. Please welcome to the backstage, everybody, one of our favorites here, Mr. Mark Chrysler. Give it up, Mark Chrysler. I'm that guy. This week, the witch that America refused to give its hair to drove us several more steps into the cursed book unimaginatively titled The Russia Story. The book, ostensibly authored by Tom Clancy, but apparently ghostwritten by James Joyce in a box of fentanyl patches, (laughs) tells the riveting and yet nearly incomprehensible story of how an ex-KGB agent manages to help a buffoonish, half-witted, tacky bigot who, this is true, up until 2015, I mostly knew as a cartoon character that the Animaniacs once dunked on in an episode into something vaguely approximating the President of the United States. Throughout the first 270 purgatorial chapters of the novel, most of the Americans forced to endure it complained that the plot was preposterous, but basically entertaining. Then... Chapter 271 began. The meeting in Finland. Now we're all begging to have our clockwork orange chairs swiveled back to the old ultraviolence, please. And I hear you. I hear you. Mark, what the hell? Are we inside of the book? 
or are we strapped to a chair reading the book? Was it cursed by a witch or born of opiate abuse? Your analogies are all over the place. And I hear you. I hear you. I'm sure it seems that way to those of you who have not yet given in to the brave new world of 2018. A world that has literally turned into a pie, grown wings, and buried all coherent metaphors in a shallow bus station. <laughs> because on Monday, Trump held a meeting with President Putin that surpassed the wildest of managed expectations. In a press conference following an unprecedented private meeting between the two heads of state, or, if you prefer, one head of two states and his friend Reek. <laughs> you pick, you pick. Trump played sycophant to a degree that even Putin seemed to be uncomfortable with. This is true. And maybe you missed it because the focus has, understandably, been on Trump throwing his own security apparatus like a coat over a puddle for Putin to daintily walk upon. But at one point in the whole debauch display, the Russian president chimed in to assure the press that America still disapproved of the annexation of Crimea because it had become clear that Trump either wouldn't do it or didn't know what the fuck the grown-ups were talking about well enough to respond. <laughs> Trump could easily, easily have said, there are important bones of contention between our two nations, but this is not the time to discuss them, or however you translate that into orange gibberish. But no, Trump, basically without prompting and certainly without encouragement, launched into full-throated defense after full-throated defense of the foreign leader, who, in case you hadn't heard, He's under investigation for potentially having colluded with to influence the 2016 election. The realm of possibility used to be stricter about its dress code. Right? Black tie, top hat, formal dress, hair up. Over the years, they've relaxed their policies. First, it was the downgrade from three-piece suit to sport jacket then bowlers to baseball caps. But as of Monday afternoon, there are guys running through the aisles wearing used coffee filters on their heads. Try, try to raise an outrageous question now. I ju just try it. Is the president a Russian agent? Fucking please. If you want to even move an eyebrow, you'd better be asking whether he was grown in a Siberian Petri dish by a mad scientist with a monkey grafted to his shoulder. The president is Putin in disguise. And whenever you see them together, it's actually Burt Ward wearing a Trump costume to fool Commissioner Gordon. Any assertion less outrageous than that is at this hour placid, facile, boring. The Overton window didn't just slide open, it fell out of the frame and crashed onto a passing bassinet. On Wednesday, facing criticism from even his most supine supplicants on Fox News, Trump offered a correction. Of all the paragraphs of praise and the kowtowing, he plucked out one word, saying that he had meant to say wouldn't instead of would. And in that moment, I had to pause and think through the contra of the controversy. 
Sure, we've got the conclusions of 17 American and several more foreign intelligence agencies assuring us that Russia meddled to help Trump. And then there are the Mueller indictments. Uh, that is 219 of them so far, if you're keeping track. And the illicit contacts between Trump staffers up to and including his son with Russian agents and officials and the firing of James Comey, the changing of the GOP platform on Ukraine, the leaking of sensitive Israeli intelligence to Putin directly by Trump, and of course, the press conference. On the other hand, I meant to say wouldn't. <laughs> Vladimir Putin, former KGB agent, president of the Russian Federation, a man who has been able to accumulate plutocratic and kleptocratic power on a vast scale, who has amassed a hidden fortune that, if counted, might make him the richest man in the world, a cold, mercenary, calculated, totalitarian genius chose this guy? Because <laughs> that's not strategy of a steely, psychopathic chess master. No, it's the strategy of a stumblebum staggering his way through Arlington Racetrack, placing 100 to 1 bets on horses named Shave Those Pits and, <laughs> and Flogler. The most severe, just to, just to keep track of this, the most severe of the Russian agent theories holds that Trump could have been compromised all the way back in 1987. 1987! The chances 31 years ago that Trump would one day be president were lower than the chances he'd die in a freak soup-eating accident. <laughs> It's ridiculous, and yet there it is. The more we learn about the story, the more it becomes both undeniable and implausible, both at the same time. <laughs> Today, I am as sure that Trump colluded with Russia as I am sure that there's no way that that happened. <laughs> and how can that be? How can there be a thing that's both obvious and impossible? And some of you who are, and I'm sorry to say it, too inclined towards taking science poetically may be thinking that this is a Schrodinger's cat situation. <laughs> right? Where a cat can be both alive and dead simultaneously due to a quirk in quantum mechanics. But no. No. Because a thing can only be in a cat state when it's unobserved. When you open the box, it's just a regular cat again. Or a regular dead cat again. The Russia story, by contrast, gets more contradictory the more you look at it. So it's the wrong animal, the wrong owner. I propose we look at the story in terms of two other animals. Galton's ox and Wilson's shark. Follow me here. I fucking beg you to follow me, because there isn't another joke until the end of this page. In and even some of the ones so far. Uh, in 1906, Francis Galton went to a country fair where there was a contest to guess the weight of an ox. Afterwards, Galton gathered all the guesses up and discovered that, though the people at the fair had no particular expertise in ox weighing, the average estimate of all these uninformed yokels was almost exactly right better than any single guess had been. The implication being that a group of average, inexpert anybodies possesses an aggregate wisdom greater than any single authority. One. <laughs> 10 years later, 
Woodrow Wilson faced down Charles Evan Hughes for re-election. In an almost unprecedented result, Wilson won despite losing his home state of New Jersey. New Jersey voters went for Hughes, not because he campaigned well there or because Wilson didn't did anything to alienate them, but because in July of 1916, a bull shark had wandered into the brackish waters of Matawan and killed four people. Panicked and upset, the people of New Jersey rejected Wilson out of an abstract and misguided sense of blame. If you'd have pulled the shark out of the water, the state might have guessed its weight to within a pound or two. But in the water, they couldn't figure out even whose fault it was. So this is all to say that people are capable of both tremendous insight and rank foolishness. And deciphering which is which is not always easy. Maybe the two aren't mutually exclusive. Maybe they sometimes manage to coexist. Maybe the Russia story is both Galton and Wilson. And that must be it. Because I don't know about you, but to me, having Donald Trump for president sure feels like some oxen bull shark. <laughs> Thank you. The nerd royalty that we all bow down to, Mark Chrysler! All right, that's the show. I know it's not quite what you usually listen to us for, but thanks for coming on the ride with me anyway. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back to our regular format next week. Special thanks to the host and creator of The Paper Machete, Christopher Pyatt, for having me back at what is, bar none, my favorite show in the country. Next time you find yourself in Chicago on a Saturday afternoon, be sure to stop by the Green Mill to check it out. We've only got two episodes left to go in Season 3, and then we're going to be taking something like a hiatus. So please, if you haven't already, help us spread the word. If you can, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you typically listen on, But I know a lot of you listen on apps that don't let you rate and review. So let me suggest this. If you've got an old iTunes account, and who doesn't, maybe just jaunt on over to it and rate and review us there. It'll really help more people find us. And that would be great for me. Otherwise, the best way to help the show grow is to spread the word directly. Tell your friends, share and post on the Facebooks and the Twitters. Do all that good, gross, algorithmic ickiness that the modern world calls on us to do to sustain the things we like. Thanks. See you next week. Until then, from Chicago, Illinois, the town that Billy Sunday couldn't shut down, this has been The Constant. The Constant.